Welcome to the Commission Client Podcast. These are the real and raw stories of people that use their health success and struggles to better lead and serve others. If your goal of getting healthy is to have a static achievement, you will always come up short. Instead, find purpose in your health gains and be commissioned to better serve your purpose. I'm your guide and host, Dr. Kurt Perkins, introducing you to the real heroes in healthcare, the people just like you. Thanks for listening. And we are good. Um, so today we have the Kern, well, the heads of the household, um, Adrian and Jonathan, and they have a unique story. They have five kids now. No more on the way. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, and one of them being special needs, and so that's kind of really shaped their health journey. And so I wanted to have you guys give your backstory and kind of, I don't know, maybe just encouragement to people with special needs kids, the not to give up, to persevere, and what that looks like in the day-to-day. So go for it. All right. Well, um, yeah, we've got five kids. Uh, kid number two, um, a sweet boy named August, and he um, has been the catalyst to a lot of our health journey. Um, he, he struggles with the symptoms of autism, um, but ever since we found out that that's what was going on with him, we felt very strongly, we believe that God put on our hearts that that was not always going to be his story and that it was our job as his parents to pursue better for him. And what we found in the conventional way of handling autism um, didn't really honor who he was and how he was created. And um, we knew there was something better and we were gonna stop at nothing until um, he mm. was better and he was living out his full full life. So. Um, yeah, we just went through uh, the traditional uh, roads that had been paved, like mm. uh, trying to be good parents. Go to the pediatrician, get, get her your advice, <laughs> get, uh, and uh, just every step of the way um, was just came up with no answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it started when he was three months old. Um, he had head to toe terrible eczema. Um, it would bleed and pus. And um, we, we used to say after uh, nap time and when we get him up in the morning, his crib looked like a crime scene. It was, oh. it was terrible. Um, <laughs> And uh, we went to the pediatrician saying, he's got this horrible eczema. We don't know what to do. We can't give him any relief. And um, they gave us some creams. <laughs> um, the creams didn't work. Uh, they would sting. They wouldn't um, improve the problem at all. And um, he was just miserable and getting worse. And this was before he even had his regression into autism. It was, he was still like hitting all the milestones, everything that he was supposed to do. And, um, so we were like, well, what about allergies? It's maybe there's some food situation going on. So the pediatrician ordered their standard test. And we had a kind of an idea that whenever he ate more gluten products, his skin would be more inflamed. And so we're like, we have a feeling that there's something going on here. So they, they ran their typical test and nothing showed up as an allergen. And we said, okay, well, that's not good enough. <laughs> Um, so we took him to the to the next step was a pediatric allergist, the top, top one in the one area. In the area. <laughs> and and so we uh, we go we 
followed their advice and the protocol getting ready for the uh, the scratch test um, that they do on his back and so uh, we went through all of that uh, the, the control of that test uh, ended up not showing and uh, he didn't react to anything didn't react not even the control and the oh. doctor's conclusion was uh, that we as his parents didn't follow her instructions <laughs> Um, and uh, we had somehow messed up. Well, and She uh, blamed us and said that we gave him antihistamines whenever we hadn't. We did all the things that we not, were not, to not, do. not leaning on the fact that we were desperate for answers <laughs> and, and holding on to any, any word we possibly could and, and following it. Um, and, uh, and so that, again, came up with no answers. When she finally realized that we hadn't, uh, that we had followed her directions, um, she said, well, I'm stumped. And that's not really what you want to hear from, like, the top doctor in right, the specialist. whole metropolitan area. <laughs> so um, around that time, um, my mom was actually suffering from a, a post-concussion syndrome. And uh, the doctor that she was working with um, was familiar with the functional medicine model. And um, he did a food intolerance test for a lot of his patients. And even though we lived states away, he ordered the, food, the ALCAT food intolerance test mm-hmm for August and that changed everything. That was like our first step off of the conventional path. <laughs> and we it came back showing he had 88 food intolerances. Gotcha. Overnight, we cut them all out. We said enough is enough. He, he was so miserable. So we cut them all out and we just figured it out. And within a week, he was making eye contact whenever he would walk in a room, like he would look whoever was in the room. His skin started clearing up. He wasn't bleeding everywhere anymore. He wasn't constantly scratching. Um, His skin just started to glow again. And that's how we knew we were on the right track. How old was he at that point? Oh, let's see. Was he four? Three? Three. I want to say three. Three. So just the two kids at that point, right? Charlotte had just been born. so, So we were in... Newborn mode with a third. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. 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 So skin circle, but not regression at that point? It, around that time was whenever he had his regression as that's well. That's Okay. Yeah. So that's also, since we were working with this doctor, that was more naturally minded than conventional. Yeah. Um, he owned a brain balance center. Okay. And he shared all the books with us and told us about that way of doing things and um that's what showed us that there was more hope for autism yeah it's not just a life or a death sentence <laughs> it's, right. it's something that you can actually do quite a bit about um and so we we got him to a into a therapy that was uh, that really honored the person and so um we really loved the therapy he was getting at the time and uh, but the thing that we noticed the biggest improvements on is what was the diet whenever we would change his food that's when that was when everything changed so um we cut out all the food intolerance foods and he improved so much but there was still so much work to be done at that point yeah um so now we are i mean this is you know a lot of years later right that, that we've <laughs> kept all those foods out of his system but then over time we noticed he started being able to actually consume some of those things um i mean gluten we still keep out you know there's a lot of um more inflammatory foods that we still keep out um but now we're on doing the gaps diet 
August and with all of our children actually. Yeah. And we've noticed um, it's the best his skin has ever looked. He absolutely glows now. And it's also the healthiest all of our other kids have ever been. Yeah. <laughs> so did any specialists along the way ever say like diet could be related to his, his expression of health or? His therapist is the only one who said that diet could be related. Um, and that was part of the brain base, brain balance center, right? Uh, the brain balance center, but then also the therapist that we uh, were working with. Gotcha, separate. Uh, separate. Okay. But yeah, we did do one term at the brain balance center, and uh, he did improve a lot. It it wasn't pl- plausible at the time for us to continue. We're hoping a, um, at some point we could do more. Yeah. Um, at brain balance, but he is improving so much just with um, with the gaps diet and with supplements and then working with you um it's been uh doing the hbot has been huge too um he showed empathy for the first time a couple weeks ago nice um which is you know exactly what you want for your children (laughs) some think i might need to use some of that but (laughs) it's not on my strength finders well sometimes we need the tough love you know (laughs) the whole grace and truth part like But cool. So he's like, so how do you get five kids on a specialized diet mm-hmm. without like World War Three happening in the household? Well, sometimes it is World War Three, okay. <laughs> but you know it will end. So um, we've been doing gaps for a year and a half now. Um, when we first started it and we started the intro diet, it was absolutely horrible. Um, there was so much whining and crying and yelling and hitting and <laughs> all the things that parents don't want going on in the house. August refused to eat for four days. Another one of our children refused to eat for six days. Um, but then the next day, they woke up and ate the they're, breakfast I had prepared for them, which they, was something... They're hungry enough. And... Exactly. Like, that's one of the things we learned. Kids aren't going to let themselves starve. They're going to, I mean, they'll, they'll put up a fight as best they can, but in the end, like, if you really stick with it and you know it's really what's best for them, and especially, like, we were explaining the whole time why we were doing this. We weren't just, like, the mean parents that one day, all right, we're getting rid of cereal, like... And eating it with them. Yeah, we were eating it, too. And when we all finally transitioned over, it, it's the healthiest we've ever been. Because your kids are still pretty young. Like, did they notice mm-hmm. if they have something, I don't know, you're part of a big church community. Like, mm-hmm. if something gets fed to them or if they eat something, they notice, I don't feel so good? Or are they, are they A couple point, of yeah. them do. <laughs> um, you know, some of the younger ones don't. Um, some do, but don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it was worth it for the donut or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the the piece we're working on still. You know, it's just a constant teaching process. But they know in our home how we eat, how we don't eat, what's not allowed into our home. So how do you get other parents to hold the line of like, this is what you're served if you don't eat it. Like there's no other option. Because what I see mm-hmm. is a lot of people, the kid doesn't eat it. And so they get him something else. And mm-hmm. so essentially they're rewarding him for not doing what they did. Oh, so right. like, mm-hmm. like how do you see your kid not eat for four days? And Your why has to be big enough. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Like if it's something, if you're not fully on board with why you're doing what you're doing, of course you're going to cave. 
and it has to come from you and you know you and your spouse have to be united on that that this is just what our family is going to do now and there's no budging mm. and it was horrible like yeah I was crying probably as much as the kids, honestly. Like, yeah. it was terrible. It was <laughs> like would come home and it'd be like absolute chaos. Well, it was like a nutritional exorcism. Yeah. yeah really. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's, that's what it is. You're realizing that this is the stuff that's coming out of their bodies. Or it's working its way out. Yeah. And, the detoxing and, afterwards was horrible. And um, well, being able to... Being able to... Trust the process was was basically what it came down to. Is also was was the why being big enough and being able to trust the process. Looking at people who have gone down the road before us mm-hmm. and knowing that uh, there was light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Really, absolutely. And uh, so we were very thankful when that finally came. The relief that came from that. And, Our kids were uh, eating again. <laughs> and. Uh, Well, one of the big lessons that we have in our family that we're always telling our kids is that if something is good for one of the people in the family, it's going to be good for all of us. We're going to do it all together. We're not going to, we're not going to just, you know, make one kid that needs something different to just do his different thing all by himself. Like we're all going to come together and do it together. Uh, My dad used to always say, um, all of us make sure none of us fall in this mm-hmm. family and that's what we live by too we do it all together yeah so there was really no way to do it but all doing it together mm-hmm. cool now you said something about you saw other people do it like do you have mentors or friends or someone else in the same situation that are down the road more that you're like oh, okay like they've gotten through this season or this mm-hmm. um not 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 at that time um it was mostly just uh, through the resources of reading authors who have shared their stories. And, okay. um, you know, that was just enough for us to know um, mm-hmm. this was something we could try. And that was also another part of it. It was just like, you know, um, we it's worth a week of, of hardship if, if this is truly has a potential to, to change our kids' lives, our families' lives, you know, then this is worth it, you know. Um, so it was some, and that's been a lot of the things that you know as we've gone on this health journey. It's just there's some of it's you take step for, steps forward, not knowing uh, mm-hmm. what's going to be at the end or if it's actually going to work. And uh, in worst case scenario, it doesn't work, and you do something else. Yeah. It wasn't going to hurt anything to try to eat healthier as family. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, so there was definitely the whole process just had to be bathed in grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, knowing that um, that we weren't always going to make the right choices, and that we may not be doing the right thing, but they're, you know, uh, our kids would uh, be able to forgive us, and, <laughs> uh, and we could forgive ourselves, and uh, so. And now they think it's cool. They see what other kids their age are eating, and they're like, "Don't they know? Like, <laughs> don't they know that that's gonna hurt? That's gonna hurt their tummies." And they're not going to sleep well if they eat that right before bed. Like, that's just how they talk now. It's normal for them. Yeah. I think they kind of delight in being the weird kids, you know? So have they gotten in trouble at the grocery store, like, watching other people put stuff in their carts and buggies? Like, have they, like, uh, had a verbal, like, 
Oh, right, right. Or someone, like, in the checkout line. Oh, like, they were calling other people out? Or other adults. (laughs) Yeah, it would definitely be in their wheelhouse to do that. I don't know. Yeah, some of them are pretty bold. Um, I don't think we've actually had that. I mean, I guess they already do it, but... Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there there actually may have been a couple times with other adults that were in our home, but... Mm. It's it's possible. Yeah. (laughs) But they they are strong. Strong kids. <laughs> well, you know, and it's, yeah, being able to just speak truth mm-hmm. without worrying about what people think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So how do you parlay that into your vocational culture? Because you're a pastor in town here, and I grew up in the church, and so there's not a big culture of health <laughs> within the church, mm-hmm. um, at least from a physical standpoint, nutritional standpoint, like, have you parlayed that into that, or? Uh, you know, not. How uh, say this? Not, um, not in a big way. Um, not. I, I've, I know that uh, our family's journey is something that that people in the church have seen, they've witnessed, they've, they've observed the positive changes, and and so. Um, I've, as a whole, I've noticed that they respect and understand the dietary restrictions that, that we have. And, uh, and so, you know, they honor that. And so what I'm, I guess at this point, what I'm hoping is, is that it, it's laying the groundwork for them to, um, to trust me uh, in the future as they, as they are in situations to, to hear certain things. Um, because um, I... Uh, I know that that's a it's a it's a it's a big shift and, and, and it's a kind of shift that that doesn't just happen for most people it's not just an intellectual like oh maybe I need to do this differently it, it, it comes out of crisis it comes out of living through something where your worldview your framework collapses and you don't know what else to try and um, so you know we we talk about having this experience and this journey as a, as a as a way of being able to be a source of, of, of comfort and, and, and hope for people when they're in that situation. And uh, that it's not until people are ready to hear it that you can really share that with them. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know, uh, but I know it's something that I want, I would love for people because I, 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 I believe me, I, all I hear from people uh, is about all these complaints about all these doctor's visits that they have to go through all week long, this doctor and this doctor and this doctor and this doctor. And it's taking up all of their time and their week and and their energy and their focus. And, and it's just, you can see that there's, um, (laughs) there, whether they actually have connected the dots yet or not, they are experiencing and living the true cost of decisions made previously in life where they thought that they were, uh, saving money on food and, and, and cutting costs here or whatever it might be. And it's still coming back to them now in this, this time in their life. Um, and it's, it's hard to watch because you can see where, where, uh, what that does to being able to reach out and, 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 uh, in their vocations and being able to share the gospel and, 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 and just, um, connect with neighbors because they don't have the time it's, it's <laughs> taken up by uh, you know all these doctor's visits and then it, and then the doctor's visits and all of this take take their joy and and it becomes all that they talk about instead 
right <laughs> and all that sort of thing so uh anyway it, it is something that i i'm still hoping mm-hmm. that it is an opportunity for people who interact and get to know our story mm-hmm. that maybe it becomes something that that they start rethinking or seeing what's possible in their own lives yeah and we do have people that um we haven't forced it on them or anything, but all of a sudden people start asking us about, um, well, you know, my kid had this going on. Like, what do you think that could be? Or, you know, I, I uh, well, it's just yesterday a friend of mine um, was talking to me about a supplement that she wanted to try. And just like, well, what would you think of that? You know, and so I think just being the example of um, you don't have to live like that. <laughs> right. You have options. You can make a change. Um, that's that's doing something even if we're not like actively preaching it all the time cool um have you had resistance from yeah like just from from friends family in the in the journey or they've been supportive because they've seen Mm -hmm. changes and results for the most part supportive yeah i think it's it's one of those where there's been a, I don't know if you want to call it a dialectic or a, you know, where it's, it's, it's a, uh, where the natural position is, you know, anytime that we're not following the traditional uh, route uh, or method, whatever it might be, that there, there always encounters the, are you sure about that? Or maybe you need to rethink. There's always skepticism that, that is met. Um, but then results cannot be argued. This is what we realize. And yeah. So, uh, and and I'd say that those around us in our lives um, have seen have seen the results, Definitely. and yeah. it, they speak for themselves. You know. Um, with a special need child, there's usually strain on a marriage. Like, how have you guys <laughs> pulled together with that one? Because that's. Mm. Mm, that's a big cause of separations and absolutely. I, I it's not to put you on the spot. Oh, no, sure, that's no, fine. No, 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 it's 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 important to talk about. Well, we don't um, take any steps forward as a family unless we're both on board with that. So mm-hmm. we usually um, communicate things to death <laughs> first, <laughs> and then we decide when we're going to do it, and then we move forward together as a family. But. Like, I'm not going to try something with the kids if he's not on board and he's not going to mm-hmm. try if I'm not on board. And, and learning to trust one another in the relationship mm-hmm. that we've cultivated. And that goes back to even before all of this, mm-hmm. having the priority of marriage, the, the, the value of marriage and what God has given us mm-hmm. in this relationship. And, and that, um, that uh, if we don't put our marriage first and invest in our marriage, that we're not going to be in a position to encounter anything that we know, whether it's Whether it's a child that's... that's that's struggling mm-hmm. in a, it with, with uh, like our son's situation or, or whatever it is that we might encounter that, that we've got to put our marriage first, no mm-hmm. matter what. Yeah. And, uh, and so we, that's just been a, a high priority investment for us uh, over these last uh, 11 years. And so, um, but it is something that, that we are aware of the, um, you know, it's something that, that Satan's always looking for ways to... <laughs> cause division and Mm -hmm. uh so absolutely we've just learned to trust one Mm -hmm. another and to listen to each other's voices uh, before we um allow other voices to to come in and 
cause fear or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, being transparent about our feelings and the situation. About I'm really struggling with this right now. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm. I'm. Like I know for me, just. Uh, just I'm. I'm uncomfortable with. Uh, what this means financially or mm-hmm. whatever this you know that I, I'm feeling the strain of this in our relationship but um, yeah like I said over communicating and that, it's just that's key it's important mm-hmm. um, well I think having a support center like a um, not support group but like people around you who are um, speaking into your marriage because while we don't have um, examples of people we know that have walked this journey the same way that we're doing it we know so many uh, people in ministry, um, couples, other pastors and their wives that uh, speak into our marriage and build us up and people that we know we can go to if we're struggling. And uh, they're just like championing us from far away. And I think that is just, that's been a really critical piece because uh, there are people that have been walking with us since we started this. and we were able to be vulnerable with them and say, these are all the things that are going on. This is what I'm afraid of. This is what we're hoping to get out of this. And we knew that they were praying for us always and checking in with us. And um, that was just huge. So other people you've had along the way, like it wasn't, you came to a breaking point, like we need to go find mentors type of thing. It just kind of happened, honestly, with where we were at with ministry. Yeah, I'd say God brought people into our lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you come to or ever like a wanna I wanna give up moment? Weekly. A weekly. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be in Costco and be like, why can't I just buy that and feed it to the kids and everything will be fine? <laughs> yeah. it, it takes so much planning and our food budget would be so much cheaper oh, and yeah. we can just go get all the deals and <laughs> uh, I'd love to just pour a bowl of cereal for my kids and yeah. and, and call it good. Uh, that'd be that'd be easy, mm-hmm. you know. Um yeah, it's it's easy for all that stuff. Or, um, but that just goes back to the why. But you know? it's it's never it's <laughs> never been. I guess you can say it's. I mean, it's been hard, mm-hmm. and it's been there have been times where it's it's really weighed on us, and mm-hmm. and uh, but the the why always comes back through, and um, and prevails, mm-hmm. and and a lot of that is just. Um, you know, for us, and, and our way of interpreting this is, is that, uh, uh, that, you know, that God loves our son more than we do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, he's a God that, that is gracious and provides for all our needs, uh, whatever it might be. And so uh, we trust in that, and, uh, and we come back to um, his promise to us in that way. So... Mm-hmm. And every step, every step in this whole journey that we've had, it's all been through prayer. It's all been, like, at at the end of each step, it's always been like, okay, what's next? And we've prayed about it, and we've waited, and then something else was in front of us. And so we took the next step, and that's how we've made it these eight years. Mm -hmm. It's just one step at a time, but always always in faith. Yep, it was definitely not a journey that we could map out and say this is where we need to go, this is where we're going, and and we know how to get there. It was definitely just all we could see was a little bit of the path in front of us, mm-hmm. and uh, and we've learned to be okay with that. Yep, yep. <laughs> we don't have to see how this all plays out for us to take the next step. Yeah, 
So looking back eight years, like if you saw yourself then, would you see yourself at this point now or would you have, did you expect something different? Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to ask that. Probably have no idea. <laughs> we it, probably it wouldn't. complete uncertainty, you know, yeah. and, and that was, which is the hard part. It's the hard part of, of coming uh, to grips, having peace with what is. Um, and not allowing what is in front of us and what our reality is in the present to uh, bring us to a point of despair. Um, that's just, and that's, um, so no, we, we didn't have, we couldn't see this long term and we, we could hope for it, you know, that we, we definitely dreamed about it, I would say. Uh, and that was, that was a big part of it too, is just giving ourselves the freedom to, to dream and talk about, you know, um, you know, when we're all through this and we're on the other side of this and when, uh, you know, we're just, we're excited to uh, meet, uh, to meet the part of our son that we haven't gotten to meet yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just giving ourselves the freedom to talk about that and not being afraid to mm-hmm. uh, speak of what could be possible. Mm-hmm. Big dreams and bold prayers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now this personality is starting to show, like, who's he more like? I think he's more like John. <laughs> <laughs> he's very precise. Yeah, things should be particular. a certain way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can see that. But he's also really silly, and I'm more silly. <laughs> yeah, he's got a silliness to him. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you got him doing HBOT stuff now. Mm-hmm. And I've had other parents with special needs just concerned, like, getting in the H-bot, mm-hmm. like, being enclosed, like, how did he handle that the first time? Because you go time, in with them. Like, we, yeah. don't put, we don't put a child in by themselves. Like, <laughs> right. mom or dad goes in with them. Right. Um, the first time, he was really excited about it. Okay. And I think it's because he's seen it. You know, like we would talk about one day you're going to get in that the spaceship that we call yeah. it whenever we'd come for our adjustments. And so he'd always just kind of find his way over there and want to be in it. Um, so whenever his day finally came and we had our first appointment in the H-Bot, he was really excited and couldn't wait to get in there. Um, whenever it Kate, whenever it was coming to pressure and his ears were popping a little bit, that was just a, you know, a different sensation for him. So yeah. he said he didn't like that. Um, but then once it came to pressure... He was fine, cool. and he just, um, I just had a movie on my phone, and he'd watch Wreck-It Ralph or play Mario, and he was good to go. Cool. Yeah. So now he now he loves it. He looks forward to it, and the ear popping is not a problem anymore. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, I'm just curious for others, like, because they're so sensitive to sounds. and. Mm-hmm. Well, in August, there was a time when he was younger that... I mean, he didn't like being in elevators. Like mm-hmm. as soon as okay. as soon as we Anything got in and the elevator doors closed, he would get really nervous and, and on edge and, and vocal about his his being uneasy. And uh, so I mean that 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 was definitely a concern of ours about how he mm-hmm. would respond. But yeah. also just uh, I mean, probably a couple years ago he might not have been ready for it. Mm-hmm. But right. uh, that's also where is part of this whole journey is just. Yeah seeing where he's at what is he ready for and what what's possible for the next next step yeah cool so what are next steps what are you guys you're doing gaps you got mm-hmm. some supplements you got the h bot like mm-hmm. mm. yeah well we're gonna ride that for a little while okay <laughs> <laughs> mm. um 
yeah, we're doing, we homeschool. So um, for this next year, I've got his, um, his curriculum all lined up. And um, so we're gonna be pushing him academically more than we have in the past, um, now that he's showing those ready, readiness signs. So um, that's gonna be kind of the next big thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, what resources do you go to? Like what authors, what mm. whatever doctors, website, Pinterest, whatever those things that you wouldn't mind sharing that we can add in the show notes? Oh, absolutely. I can pull up my Amazon list. <laughs> I have read a lot of books. Um, well, Robert Melillo's books, the Disconnected Kids, Reconnected Kids. Yeah. Those have been those, are those awesome. have been huge, um, especially for the um, brain balance approach. A book that was huge for me um, was Healing the New Childhood Epidemics: Autism, ADHD, Asthma, and Allergies by Kenneth Bach. Okay. That was um, I read that shortly after we uh, moved here to Colorado, and um, when I read it, there was such hope in that book of what's possible for children with autism. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what prompted me to call you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So that one was huge. Um, There's another another book that came out recently that's the story of someone, um, Jody Meshuk. Um, she she lives in town now, and um, she healed her son's autism through. Oh, she's local. Yeah, just recently local. Oh, um, I'll and have to look she, that one up. it's called Speak Up Buttercup. That's yeah. her, and she's big on advocating parents to speak up for their children and not just blindly follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's what's being told? So cool. Uh, yeah, her story was was really impactful as well. Nice. Do you have a Pinterest or something that you are? collecting all these gaps recipes that are wins with the kids or any of those types of things I, that... I do use Pinterest um, it's not very organized though gotcha. yeah but I on Instagram I share a lot okay. of what we're doing and um, you know so, some recipes a lot of autism tools like whatever we're doing that's next yeah um, some homeschool stuff and essential oil stuff because using essential oils in our home has been a really big cool um, really really big for us Nice. Yeah. More for aroma, or do you topically, or internally, or um, all the ways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, our some test results showed that our son August has a lot of toxins in his system, and so um, we use a lot for detoxing. We use a lot as um, a non-toxic alternative to cleaners and um, you know various products that you bring into your home. Um, we use essential oils for as a replacement for. A lot of things. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would just kind of lastly, like, any words of encouragement for the discouraged or mm. hope for the hopeless? <laughs> I'd say that what you dream of for your child, you can actually pull off more of it than you think. Um, there are a lot of things that our kids go through that seem hopeless. And there are so many resources out there now. If you're willing to step into the uncomfortable, non-conventional way of doing things, um, there are people out there that have more answers. And I feel like it's our job as parents to just keep searching for those answers. 
Yeah. And uh, to to live, you know, the importance as parents um, to do so out of grace. Mm-hmm. That God has given you your kids. That you are the best one to raise your kids, and that uh, you do not do so alone. That uh, He provides uh, what you need, and um, and wherever uh, society, modern medicine, whatever it might be, um, casts doubts, wherever they um, say that um, there is no hope or this is all that there is, um, that. Um, that's not the final word. Um, that um, our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made and uh, always, always under the reign of a gracious, loving God. And so uh, we find peace in that. And uh, Well, thanks for joining me on this. And I'll be sure to get those resources we can include in the show notes. And um, yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be part of the journey as well. So... Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Commission Client Podcast. If you found that hopeful, inspiring, or entertaining, we would love some iTunes love. And as all podcasters request, please subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast listening app. I'm Dr. Kurt Perkins, toasting you to a life of more health and less health care.